0: Hi, my name is Rick Bloodworth. This is the Common Sense Christian Channel, and today we're going to talk about Jackie Robinson, the man who broke the color barrier in baseball. Well, Jackie was born in 1919 in, in Georgia. He was born to parents who were sharecropping at the time. He was the fifth child in their family, and it was just a year later in 1920 that Jackie's father just deserted the family. So Jackie's mother and his siblings and Jackie went to California, and in California, they were able to start a new life there. They were in a fairly nice community. They did not live in the affluence that their neighbors did, perhaps, but they certainly were in a better situation than they would have been in Georgia. And so it was this setting that Jackie grew up, along with his siblings, in a fairly integrated place. California was not part of the Civil War. There was a gold rush going on during those days, and they didn't pay an awful lot of attention to it. And so they didn't suffer as much from some of the things that the rest of the country was still going through, not just the South, but the North in America at that time. Well, Jackie benefited from that. He went to a high school that was desegregated. He was able to play sports, and he and his brothers loved sports. His older brother was really good, as a matter of fact. His brother Mac took the silver medal uh, in the Olympics in the 200-meter dash, the only person in the world— That could beat him that year was a guy by the name of Jesse Owens. Well, this was the legacy that Jackie had. And being the youngest, he just got involved with every sport that he could possibly get involved with. He went to a junior college and he played four sports, track and baseball and basketball and football, and then he went to UCLA and and became the very first student athlete to letter in four sports there, those same four sports. Baseball was probably his least, but he was really good at them all. And so finally got out of out of college and he was starting to go around and and get involved with different athletics on some of the semi-professional teams, I guess. You could call them at that time, but he was drafted into the Army in nineteen forty one and he served very well he was the army was segregated at that time, and so his his company was segregated, but he was able to go along with some other people to, to, to OCS, to officer candidate school. And so this was one of the very first time that blacks were actually admitted into this type of a program. When Jackie got out of the military, he was a second lieutenant, but it was not easy for him. There were still prejudices and biases among different ones that ran pretty deep. The Army had commissioned a bus line that was completely desegregated for their for their use. But Jackie was coming back from OCS one, one night, and an officer's wife was also on the bus, and so the bus driver told Jackie to go back to the back of the bus. Well, Jackie let him know he wasn't about to do that, and so the bus driver didn't argue with him, but when they got back to the camp, the bus driver reported Jackie to the MPs, and he was brought up on charges to where he had to face, was going to have to face a court martial. Well, his commanding officer wouldn't even proceed with those charges, and that was dropped at that point. But later on, when Jackie was in a different unit, he had another officer over him who did not like blacks, and he did not like Jackie in particular, had him accused of everything from 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 being insubordinate with officers to being drunk in public. Well, Jackie didn't drink and so that office that charge did not stick, but he was still brought up in a court martial before nine white officers. And they listened to the charges. Well, they 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 cleared him of all the charges and 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 so Jackie was able to complete his military career and was honorably discharged. The reason I brought that up is because there were still different things that Jackie Robinson was having to deal with, as were all black Americans during this time. And Jackie was no milk toast. He stood up for his rights. But on the other hand, he was not particularly violent when he did that. And this would prove to serve him well. He got involved with the Negro Baseball League and some of the finest athletes to ever play the sport of baseball were in that league. Well, in Brooklyn, there was a president of a baseball team by the name of Branch Rickey, and he was he was the president of the Brooklyn Dodgers, and he had several motivations when he started to look into bringing black people into into the this all white baseball league. But but while he certainly had a profit motive, he could see that good athletes would help his team do do the best. Branch Rickey was a Christian man, and he was very much concerned. With the state of the nation and with the segregation that was going on, while you cannot just force people to no longer be prejudiced, Branch Rickey thought that the country was ready to be desegregated, and he thought baseball was a perfect way to do that. And so he had been keeping his eye out on the Negro Leagues and watching them with interest for a number of years, and he came across Jackie Robinson now, Jackie was an excellent athlete, an outstanding athlete by anybody's standards, but he was by no means the best athlete amongst the Negro Leagues. But there was something about his character that really stood out. And so Branch Rickey invited him to come to Brooklyn. And so so Jackie Robinson went to, to Branch Rickey's office there in, in Brooklyn, and they sat down. And for three hours... They discussed Branch Ricky's idea for desegregating baseball and his idea that Jackie would be the one that would break the color barrier. I want to read a part from a book. It's called Faith Made Them Champions. It's put out by Guideposts. I think this one is from like 1954. It's edited by Norman Vincent Peale, and it's just a a bunch of different stories about men and women of faith who went through through different things. And this particular story is one that was written by Jackie Robinson. And so the description of this meeting that he had with Branch Rickey, the president of the Brooklyn Dodgers, is in Jackie's own words. And so he, he begins by saying this, From behind his desk, the big, powerful, bushy-browed Branch Rickey, who seemed a combination of father and boss, mapped out to me his daring strategy to break the color line in Major League Baseball. I was excited at the opportunity. It was a tremendous challenge, but was I good enough? Mr. Rickey, I said, it sounds like a dream come true, not only for me, but for my race. For 70 years, there's been a racial exclusion in Big League Baseball. There will be trouble ahead for you, for me, for my people, and for baseball. Trouble ahead. Ricky rolled the phrase over his lips as though he liked the sound. You know, Jackie, when I was a small boy, when I took my first train ride, on the same train was an old couple also riding for the first time. We were going through the Rocky Mountains. The old man sitting by the window looked forward and said to his wife, Trouble ahead, Ma. We're high up over a precipice, and we're going to go right off. To my boyish ears, the noise of the wheels repeated, trouble ahead, trouble ahead. I never hear train wheels to this day, but that I think of this. But our train course bent into a tunnel right after the old man spoke, and we came out on the other side of the mountain. That's the way it is with most trouble ahead in this world, Jackie. If we use common sense and courage God gave us, But you've got to study the hazards and build wisely. Jackie went on to say this, I've never forgotten this little story. It helped me through many of the rough moments I was to face in the future. I signed my contract that day with a humble feeling of great responsibility and prayed that I would be equal to the test. God is with us in this, Jackie. By the way, I think this may be one of the most important statements from this whole story. God is with us in this, Jackie, Mr. Ricky said quietly. You know your Bible. It's good, simple Christianity for us to face realities and to recognize what we're up against. We can't go out and preach and crusade and bust our heads against a wall. We've got to fight out our problems together with tact and common sense. Well, this was uh, an argument, a statement that... That really resonated with Jackie Robinson. And so he was more than agreeable to sign the contract. And part of the plan was for him to enter the minor leagues for for a time to make sure he could not only sharpen his skills, which were already pretty good, but also to get used to the challenges that he was going to meet as a black athlete on an all-white baseball team. And so sure enough, from the very outset, there were tr- trouble. He was on the Montreal Royals, and while most of his teammates were pretty decent, the fans were not always that good to him. And so he had to bite his tongue a lot. He said one of the hardest things for him to do was to keep his temper bridled. When he wanted to lash out, he didn't, though, because he knew that the cause that he was involved with and the purpose Behind that cause was much more important uh, than him taking a stand for whatever injustice may come up. Well, he did pretty good that first year. The very first ball game, he was able to get four hits, including a home run. Well, he had his ups and downs from there, and he certainly had his ups and downs with the fans, but he made it through the year to the point where the Montreal Royals won the junior World Series in baseball. And Jackie Robinson said I, I tell you with with no no lack of pride that that I was the top batter that year with an average of 349. Well, it was the next year now. It was April, I believe it was August 29th of 1945 when the meeting occurred with Branch Rickey it was the same day that the marines landed on japanese soil for the first time and that's why Jackie Robinson uh, could remember that date amongst the fact that it was so important to him but he played the 1946 baseball season with the Montreal Royals and then april 10th of 1947 he got a call from Branch Rickey saying that they were calling him up to the Brooklyn Dodgers Well, just five years late, five days later, Jackie Robinson found himself standing at the plate playing baseball on the Brooklyn Dodgers, one of the most famed uh, baseball teams in America. his wife Rachel tells the story of that day. She, he and she, he and Jack, she and Jackie had been childhood sweethearts. They had met way back in high school. They got engaged while he was still in the military. As a matter of fact, it was while he was going uh, to the officer candidate school that they got engaged, and so now they're married. They got married in 1946, and they had a child about a year later than that. And so now Rachel. Robinson is there with Jackie Jr up in the stands and she said she was so excited but she was so preoccupied with the baby that she could hardly watch the game and she said it was at that time that a woman next to her noticed and she noticed that the baby was cold and so she offered to put the baby under her fur coat and hold the baby for a while, which Rachel was extremely grateful for. And, and one of the things that was really impressive to me, I was watching an old video of, of Rachel Robinson talk about this particular day, and she had the biggest smile on her face, and she pointed out this. She said that the people in Brooklyn were always behind Jackie while they had a lot of trouble when they went on the road with the prejudice and the the racism that existed during that time, at home the crowd was behind Jackie. And so she said when he first came to bat, the ovation that was raised from the stands was just incredible. And she just always appreciated that, and she thought back about that. Just thinking about it brought brought a tremendous smile to her face for the way that that they were welcomed. Well, one of the reasons they were welcomed so well was because Jackie was just an absolute gentleman in the way he played baseball. Now, he was to become amongst the best of the best and eventually enter into the Hall of Fame, not because he broke the the color barrier, but because he was such a good baseball player. But, At the very first, Jackie pointed out that not all of his teammates were on board with him coming on to the Brooklyn Dodgers, and there was one day there was just almost a mutiny amongst this handful of players. They said they just didn't want to play with a black man. Well, Leo DeRocher was their manager, and he just pretty well let them know that that not only was Jackie going to play, but anybody that had any problem needed to speak up, and that he could trade them right then. Well after that they they at least quietly went along the the biggest majority of his teammates supported him fully so much to the point that when Jackie had problems on the field that they knew that he could not take care of and and Jackie was determined on this he had given his word to Branch Ricky and by this time he's looking at Branch Ricky more much more as a father figure uh than anything else in his life and he wasn't about to 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 let Mr. Ricky down and and so there were things that happened on the field that he just had to bide his temper and bite his tongue But there is one particular incident where somebody hit an infield grounder and ran, trying to run the ball out at first, stepped on Jackie Robinson with spikes, just cutting his leg open. And and Jackie said he jumped up and he was red hot with anger. And as he was standing there clenching his fists, his teammates poured out onto the field, also hot with anger. And they took care of the man for him. And Jackie said that he has never felt such a feeling of warmth and inclusion as he did that day when it was so clear that his teammates accepted him to the point where they were willing to fight for him. Well, Jackie Robinson, as it turned out, was a man that was certainly worth fighting for. He was he was named the, the the rookie of the year that year. It was the inaugural award for the rookie of the year, and it was just for the for the for the entire. They just had one for the entire league, and he won it for the entire league that year. Two years later, he won the most valuable player for the National League, and for six years. The Brooklyn Dodgers made the World Series with Jackie Robinson. If you won the National League or the American League, you were you were said to have won the pennant because they you got a pennant that you hung up proudly, but the two pennant winners, one from the National and one from the American would play in a game called the World Series. Most of you know this, and they actually won the World Series from the New York Yankees in 1955, which was certainly one of the highlights of Jackie's career. Well, why talk about all this? And and I, I think there are some obvious reasons, but one of the things that I've looked upon with concern in recent years is this seeming desire to renew racial tensions in America just as many white people as as there are black people who are trying to to renew these tensions and they're just they're causing a lot of trouble they're trying to create a barrier why they're doing that whatever whatever thought they have in mind for doing that i i suppose are the same things that that people always want to do there's money there's power and some people just don't like other people and so so that's part of it but As we look at situations like this, where we look at a time when racism existed to the point where it affected just almost every aspect of people's lives, we have two men, a black man and a white man, who got together to try and figure out how they could do their part for righting some of the social wrongs and for helping people of all races, to be able to work together to where it was no longer the primary focus of their life. Well, there's a couple of passages that really do point this out, I believe, within Scripture. One is Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11, and, and this is the Revised Standard Version that puts it this way. It says, "...good sense makes a man slow to anger, and it's to his glory to overlook an offense." Well, we have lots of offenses in life, don't we? They don't have to be racially motivated or, or anything along those lines, but there's a lot of times where we feel offended. And God, 3,000 years ago, had Solomon pen these words that it's going to be good sense that will make you slow to anger. It doesn't say that you can never become angry. There are some things that ought to make us angry. But it says it's to our glory to overlook an offense. And I really do believe that's something that we need to work on in our modern times, just as men have had to for the thousands of years that this earth has existed. It's easy to get bent out of shape, especially when somebody has offended us for no reason. But it's amazing how by just holding your tongue and bridling your temper, you can turn a potentially disastrous situation into something that's actually favorable. You can actually win friends that for a moment looked like we're gonna be your enemies for life in a given situation. But it's just common sense to realize this. I look back on my own life and, and I cannot tell you how many times my temper got me into trouble. And it was because it was my pride that overwhelmed my common sense. And so since I didn't want to be wronged, I wanted to make sure that I put the other person in their place. I got mad, and I let everybody know that I was mad. But good sense will keep you from doing that. It's not just that. We also need to have a love for our fellow men. Sometimes when people offend us, sometimes when people insult us, they're not necessarily meaning to do so. It may just be that they're having a bad day and they lash out at the first person that comes along after that. We need to have enough dignity and enough love for our fellow man that we overlook these little offenses. I realize that there are some people who push things to the point where their offense can no longer be overlooked. But most situations aren't like that. Most situations can be quelled very easily just by having a gentle answer as a matter of fact that's one of my favorite passages where it talks about the fact that a fool is quick to speak solomon said in the proverbs but a wise man holds his tongue <laughs> i don't know about you but i haven't been wise nearly enough in life but this holding your tongue really does work and then in ecclesiastes and again this is this is solomon he's writing through inspiration. So these are the very words that God wants us to know. And he says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 21. Do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. When Jackie Robinson was looking back over his career and he was looking back over some of his initial difficulties, he said one of the things that he had to really work on was to keep from getting rabbit ears and he he said rabbit ears was a phrase they used for athletes who just seemed to hear every comment that was coming from the stands every criticism that came their way their ears would perk up and they would take offense at that and jackie said he had to work very hard to keep from getting those rabbit ears because a lot of times the the offenses and and the comments were loud enough and intended for him to hear, even if he hadn't been listening for it. This is the way we need to be. You know as well as I do that there have been times when we've said something about somebody that we shouldn't have said, and we hoped that they would have a little understanding and compassion for us to know that we really didn't mean it, that that really wasn't who we were, that that we were just having a bad day. Well, in a like manner, we need to treat others like we want them to treat us. And we need to realize that when they've said something about us, that they probably didn't mean it. They're probably just lashing out at us for something that has nothing to do with us. And even if they do hate us, and even if they do mean to say it and mean for us to hear it, it's still going to be to your glory to overlook the offense. You gain so much more by answering people with a soft and gentle answer than you will ever gain by meeting them with a harsh answer or your fists or worse. One of the reasons that we look upon Jackie Robinson as a hero is because he was able to handle the criticism that came his way, unjustified though it may be, because he was thinking not only of his family who needed his help, but he was thinking of his entire race counting on him to handle this in the right way so that others could come and join in with the benefits that he had been able to receive. And since he did that, he's considered a great man, much more for his character and his dignity and his integrity than he is for his Hall of Fame Career because of his great athleticism. It's incumbent upon us to treat others well, and that's going to begin by not paying attention to everything people say to us and by overlooking the offenses when they come our way. That's the that's the uh, lesson for today, the story for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. I really enjoyed researching about Jackie Robinson and Branch Rickey and seeing the closeness of relationship that they had and how it benefited millions of others because they had a mutual respect for each for each other and a mutual affection for each other. We need that in our modern times, don't we? Well, if this helped you, if you liked it, please do me a favor, subscribe to the channel. It really helps the channel to get around. But until next time, I hope that you'll think about these things. I hope that you'll, like me, try to make a better effort at overlooking some of the things people say about us. And do your best to be a little bit slower to anger and a little bit quicker to understand your fellow man. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later.